First in the morning, SAFM Sunrise with Stephen Grutis. 14 minutes to 8 the time. The Cape Town organization Reclaim the City says the, Ca- the city of Cape Town is wrong to claim that its members or activists who've occupied certain buildings are responsible for the delays in building low-cost housing units in the inner city there. The city says it's going ahead with a plan to build 700 units on the site of the old Woodstock Hospital. Karen Hendricks is... Uh, what's described as a fellow Reclaim the City leader. Karen, good morning. Good morning, Stephen, and good morning to all the listeners. Are your members occupying properties there? Is that part of the holdup of regenerating these properties? So, Stephen, uh, the city of Cape Town has been blaming occupiers of the City Gore House, which is the former Woodstock Hospital, for their own delays and the empty promises in building affordable housing in the well-located area of Woodstock, Salt River, and the CBD. And so the city, since 2017, we have been trying to engage with the city around the development of the site. And I mean, for six years, uh, the five sites that the city have earmarked for affordable housing has been standing dormant. Okay, you say it's standing dormant. Are there people living in these buildings now? So in the Sissy Gould House, we've occupied Sissy Gould House since 2017, and the Helen Bowden Nurses Home as well. And uh, from that time onwards, we've been trying to engage with the city around uh, development of the site. Okay, is it? Is uh, it uh, sorry, Corinne, let's just go back a little bit, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. It's not your property, right? It's not the property and the people who, who, who are living there now don't have a rental agreement. They went and occupied it. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And the city can't knock down the old buildings to build new ones or redevelop them while those people are living there. That must be true, right? So that's what the city are saying. The well, city are well, saying that... Never mind what the city says. Objectively... You can't knock down a building or redevelop it or have construction workers there while people are living there. Yes? You can't do that. Okay, right. So then why are they still living there? So we're living here, Stephen, because many of us have been evicted from rental homes in the Woodstock, Salt River and CBD area. I accept that. But on the one side, you want the city to renovate these buildings. And on the other side, you have people who are living there and it's the fact that they're living there that is preventing that, then what is the city to do? So, Stephen, we expect the city to engage with us. In 2019, the city had a scientific report done of the occupation, and the city also started a co-design process with us, which they later on abandoned. And this specific report, this scientific report, states that the building can be developed with the existing occupiers. And so from 2019 then, we have been uh, co-designing this occupation. Uh, Very recently, we had an exhibition of the co-design of the occupation at the Institute of Architects in the CBD. And we also invited the city officials and the mayor to come and see how we are managing this building and how we are living in this building. Because we've turned the space into our home. Okay, but it's not yours. You decided to take it. 
right? Yes, we did. Okay. And the Western Cape High Court actually said in 2018 that you cannot incite people to invade or occupy housing. Yes? Yes. Okay. So you just moved into a space. If it wasn't you, it could have been someone else, another group of people, that would then just take over the space and prevent the city from managing a lawful system where normal people would, where everyone would have a fair chance of applying through some sort of administrative process, which is surely the right way to do it. So how does your uh, activists, I don't know if you're one of them, Karen, or not, occupying this property help the process of redevelopment? The answer is surely that it doesn't. So, Stephen, for many, many, for decades actually, for two, almost three decades, the city hasn't built one affordable house in the inner city. And the problem here too is that many of the occupiers, in fact all the occupiers who live here, are people who should benefit from state-built uh, housing. But they didn't go through an administrative process. They just took it. If, if this were, were a car instead of property and they'd stolen it, there would be a completely different legal view on this. So, Stephen, uh, the city have always... Cape Town is one of the most racist cities in the world. And the city, too, has an obligation and a responsibility to change the segregated nature of our city by developing housing or by building housing for the poorest of the poor too. And, 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 um, many, and this is possible because in many of the, the cities in the global south, I mean, I'll, I'll just give you one example. In Sao Paulo, in Brazil, for example, there are occupations that have transitioned into secure housing for people. And uh, this is happening through a process of negotiation between the municipalities, the state, the occupiers, and social movements. And in this very example, occupiers and social movements are recognized as agents in planning and transitioning. In other words, they're recognized as citizens and not simply regarded as criminals. And furthermore, this doesn't result uh, in a rampant and widespread eviction for the occupiers. And assuming that occupations are occupied by this notion of the so-called undeserving poor. And lastly, to add to that, in this specific case of Sao Paulo, a progressive mayor also supported a negotiation, a negotiated transition, and has the, had the capacity to recognize that occupiers are residents and that they are citizens of the city and should be engaged with in, as with any other citizen. Karen Hendricks, thank you. Uh, a fellow Reclaim the City leader.